everyone, and welcome to the Any Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Hello again. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the seal was broken on an anime called Our Home's Fox Deity. This series began as a light novel in 2004, and was later adapted into a manga series in 2007, and finally, in 2008, we had the 24-episode anime series, which is the show that we're watching, and uh, we watched the first four episodes. And there's not all that much else to say about it. (laughs) So, uh, Kayla, would you like to share the plot? Sure. During a visit to their mother's hometown, two brothers come to find that their family has been protected by a fox deity named Coogan for centuries. When the younger brother is targeted by evil spirits, they call on Coogan to save his life. After this dangerous encounter, the brothers invite Coogan to come live with them as they attempt to coexist with this strange fox deity in their normal lives. Okay, so we we got introduced to a few characters in the first few episodes that don't necessarily seem important. The show so far seems to be kind of focused on these two brothers and then Coogan, the fox deity. And uh, they have a couple other family members that they've interacted with in these early episodes, but uh, they don't seem to show up all that often later on. But to call out some by name, uh, we have the older brother, whose name is Noboru, and he is 16 years old at the time that the show starts. And uh, then Toru is the younger brother. He's 11. I don't think I realized he was 11. (laughs) Uh, Does he seem younger to you? Significantly younger. I I was convinced that he was in second, maybe third grade at most. Yeah, the the age discrepancies in these characters don't really seem realistic to me. Like, it makes sense that they're five years apart as brothers. Any more than that would seem a little little odd. But it it almost seems like, well, they had to make the older brother a high school student because that's anime. And then they needed the younger brother to still be like... You know, a presentable character who can speak for themselves, but uh, was, like, young enough that he needed help with all this stuff. So they just kind of arbitrarily picked an age. But he doesn't even act that age. No. He he certainly acts much younger than, than what they're saying. A lot of it has to do with he, he's very naive. Like, the way that he's going about in the world is very trusting and innocent but like very playful in a way that I wouldn't imagine a middle schooler ish being. Yeah, the whole story kind of sets up with the younger brother before the show even starts has dreams about this malevolent spirit or this person. He doesn't really know what it is until it's explained later on. Um, But it's this person who is clearly pursuing him and asks him for his name and as soon as you see this scene you're like don't tell don't say your name don't tell them that no it's very clearly like that's a bad idea right and even though this is happening in a dream we know as the viewers that that's a real spirit who's visiting him in his dreams well and something that i think we've seen a lot in any show that has to do with spirits or ghouls or monsters or anything Names are incredibly important, especially in Eastern cultures, and you don't just throw it around willy-nilly. 
Yeah, and of course, that's part of this character is he doesn't know anything. Terrible. Uh, but you will see this frequently throughout the show is when they defeat these yokai, uh, which is kind of a catch-all word in in, in Japan. It, it can describe like a ghost or a devil or any number of like supernatural kind of spirits. Uh, generally, they're malevolent, but not necessarily. Sometimes they're just like mischievous. Uh, but in this case, like he has these spirits pursuing him in order to do something. That part's unclear. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's to like steal his soul or take his life. Something not good. But anytime one of these is defeated, uh, they like revert to a lesser kind of form of some sort. And then Coogan, the, the fox deity who fights for them, like forces them to say their name out loud. And that's how they get them to run off and not mess with them anymore. Yeah, something about if you know their name, you have control over them seems to be the pattern here. How very name of the wind for them. <laughs> but aside from some of that background info about the two kind of main characters, the the way that the story sets up is that these two boys are going to visit their mother's hometown, which is what you mentioned in the synopsis. But what we didn't say is that their family members convince them to go there by telling them that a family member is dying. Yeah, it's like their grandmother or something. Uh, which is false. And they definitely just brought them there because they somehow heard about these dreams or knew about them somehow. Yeah, that part is also unclear, which does definitely take place in the first, like, ten minutes of the episode. Yeah, they walk up and meet this family member who had called them there. And sitting in the car is, like, that family member they said was dying. And they're like, oh, my gosh, they're actually fine. And then they tell them that they brought them there under false pretenses. Right. So good good start to everything. There's a, there's definitely a lack of information in this show. Um, I'm at least missing a whole bunch of pieces. They, they say that this fox deity that they introduce pretty early on in the show is the protector of the Mizuchi family. But I don't know of any characters in the show who have a family named Mizuchi. The two main boys. No, that's not their... No, their family name is Takagami. Oh, I wonder if it's because of their mom. Their mom is the one that was in the family, and she must have changed her name when she got married. Okay. That would be my they guess. They should quit calling it the Mizuchi family then. Well, I mean, it's still that line. <laughs> but you think she wouldn't have gotten rid of her name if... Sure. If it was that important. Yeah, if they've stuck with the name that whole time, then... If nothing else, like, all it's doing is confusing the, the listener by making it unclear who is actually part of that family. Another part we haven't talked about is not only are these two boys part of the family, Noboru is the head of this family that he didn't know about. Yeah, also after they reveal that this person is not dying, they're like... By the way, you're the head of the family now. Which is weird because he has like an uncle. Yeah. That is older than him, who seems like should be the, the head of the family. I don't really understand how this hierarchy lineage goes. There's there's also like the reason that this family has a fox deity protector is that 
there are like a line of priests and priestesses. So their mother was the water priestess. And they keep saying things like, well, oh, the the this kind of leader has to be a woman, but it's okay if you're the head and you can still be the leader. And none of that makes sense either. Yeah, there's a lot of continuity issues here. All right. So do we want to talk about Coogan a little bit? I mean, she's kind of the main focus, so probably. So, yeah, they when they when they have these discussions about the boys' dreams and this family of priestesses and priests and, and everything says, actually, that's a yokai. That's why we brought you here is to get rid of that spirit. They go out to their family's plot of land somewhere where this fox deity has been sealed away for who knows how long. They don't really say. It seems like it can't be that long because the fox knew their mom. Right. Which is also confusing because later <laughs> later on, Coogan is confused by the concept of a television. Yeah. And if it were only one generation that she had been sealed, she would have known what a TV is. I guess to give them some credit... They never really seemed to indicate that the fox was unsealed when their mother was visiting the fox. She could have just come to the den, I guess, that she was, it was locked in. Again, all unclear. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I at least wanted to give some credit to was for um, Coogan's personality. It is very fox-like. If you know anything about foxes, they're kind of like a mix between a cat and a dog. So they can be very snuggly, they can be very playful, but they can also be kind of aloof and just kind of do their own thing. And Coogan is kind of that way as well. There's times when they're very, like, friendly and playful and almost like a little kid, and then other times totally uncaring and indifferent to the boys, which is usually shown by Coogan can change between a, a fox form, a human male form, and a human female form. And it seems like the personality kind of shifts depending on the form that it takes. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably throughout the episode use uh, a she to describe her because she's usually in a female form. Yeah. But it's worth noting that in the Japanese, she uses ore as the pronoun, which we know from our discussion on magical girl ore uh, some time ago now uh, is commonly used as a, a male pronoun. In like a hyper sort of male right, pronoun. A, a masculine sort yeah. of. One other character worth pointing out is Ko, which is kind of an assistant to the family, I guess. She serves in the... Yeah, she serves as the same role that their mother did. She's the next water priestess right. person. And so she kind of serves during the times that they're fighting yokai or just generally kind of acts as a, an assistant to the family. And um, she's like useless at her her job. She can't handle basic household things. She constantly is dropping plates. Yeah, so, like, the, the boys are basically having to miss school because she's terrorizing their home. It's interesting, too, because the older brother has taken on the role of mother in the household. So he's 
in charge of the cooking. He's in charge of a lot of the cleaning. He's in charge of their budget, their finances. Um, so he has a really hard time now that there's two additional people living in their household and breaking all of their plates. Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about kind of the story and the way it interacts with the characters, but do you have any specific things to point out with the the plot itself? Yes. So specifically, we've talked about how there has been a lot of random information dropped and then not followed up with. And this show seems to be struggling thematically. It can't really seem to decide if it's this monster of the week fantasy kind of show or a slice of life kind of show. It's trying to do both and it's kind of doing half of both. Yeah, it certainly seems like that's what they're going for is kind of this flip-flop between the two things. And so far, I don't think it's working out. It seems like kind of half-baked, like you said, in both senses. Partly, I think, because you you sort of end up with these characters who are supposed to be slice-of-life characters, like the fox and their assistant, the, the next water priestess person, Ko. And then they're just kind of inserted into these scenes where they're fighting yokai and they're trying to... Um, you know, protect the family and things like that. And those two things don't really match up. No, I would agree. I think that it, it feels strange that from the first episode, we're introduced to this kind of high drama fantasy sort of premise. And it immediately tanks right after that. And it flips from this like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Why are these demons coming after this kid? To this very lighthearted monster of the week. Everyone's trying to take him, but we're going to win in the end. And it gets really repetitive really quickly. And they keep trying to like drop these little hints that there's a bigger story, but we we don't get anywhere near it. Um, so they dropped, I think it was in the third or fourth episode, they dropped this little like piece of information about his mom, but it, it, it didn't go anywhere it didn't do anything yeah and the the slice of life stuff isn't like authentic either it doesn't really flow with the kind of arc of the characters going through this experience of of the yokai chasing them down and then trying to you know go back to normal life it's more like now the fox lady goes to school and now the fox lady learns what tv is and just that kind of playful throwaway stuff doesn't matter yeah, it feels like the show is almost all filler. Like, usually what we see in anime shows, especially in shows that are, like, trying to not outpace the manga that they're based off of, they'll have a few throwaway filler episodes so that the manga can catch up. And this whole show feels like that. It feels like they started with a premise right in episode one, and then immediately went into filler. Yeah, and because all of the stuff around it is filler, the, the characters' motivations also feel totally false. Very early into the show, when they realize that yokai are chasing down this younger brother, and they unseal this fox that they never knew about, and this older brother suddenly is the head of the household, 
and they have this epic fight against the yokai. And then they're like, well, you're going to seal the fox again, right? And the older brother, who is a child, is like, no. Even though he learned about this fox and he met her like five minutes ago. And he's undoing this entire family history of sealing up this mischievous fox based on almost no information. And it's not even like, no, I'm worried about my brother. I need her to fight for me. It's like, well, it's because I'm a nice person and I wouldn't just hide away the person again. Yeah, it's it's hard to understand why any of our characters do anything when all it is is these kind of half-done bits that we keep watching that are supposed to be comedic, but they kind of fall flat. Yeah. Well, we still have more to talk about, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And welcome back. Kayla, would you like to talk about the production values for this show? Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to kind of start with the coloring of the show. This show actually did a really good job with having a lot of color in the show. Um, something that can be done with a show that has predominantly bold colors as its overall palette it can come off a little like seizure inducing um, if it isn't like mixed with some like softer pastels. And I'm not sure why this works, but they have a really good balance of using these really striking bold colors um, with like all the action sequences and kind of the backgrounds, but having a lot of the characters have softer tones to them so even the main character she has this very soft white yellow hair it's not yellow and it's not white it's this it's this kind of like pale color that allows the the characters to really stand out against the really bold backgrounds um and that actually really seemed to work in a way that i i didn't think it would um when you see just the character designs, they don't look very remarkable because they kind of look washed out. But against the backgrounds, they actually look pretty good. Overall, I don't have much to say about the production of the show. Um, one thing I might mention out of character designs is they do some kind of fun things with the the fox deity and the way she transforms between two different human forms. And sometimes like partway in between those two. Uh, so she'll have like some fox features mixed in there and uh, they explain that as like she hasn't transformed in a century. So obviously, but yeah, there, there's not all that much to say. I would say maybe like when we first started watching this, I wasn't aware of when the show was made and I was looking at it and trying to figure out what year this might have come from. And I noted that it was in HD widescreen, 
So it had to be fairly modern, like, you know, mid to late 2000s. But the characters looked very early 2000s. So I guess 2004. And uh, turns out that was when the character designs were originally done in the manga. And then it was 2008 series. And learning that, like, it feels a little dated even for 2008. I don't know. It's kind of hard to place. It just kind of has a lot of influences and styles to it. It should be noted he was very proud of the fact that he guessed the year exactly. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. One thing that did not work for the show was the fighting sequences. These were boring. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to try to, like, get you guys to visualize it in a way that I think might upset Colin. These fighting sequences kind of reminded me of the animation sequences in the original Pokemon games where, like, your Pokemon would do an attack. And so there'd be a flash of fire and the character would kind of shake a little bit and then everything would kind of stop. And then the other Pokemon would hit you with a wall of water and then your Pokemon would kind of shake a little bit and then stop. That is what these fight sequences were like. Quite literally because they're all based on the... Elements. Yeah, on the four elements. So it's incredibly boring. (laughs) And it was just kind of frustrating to see like literally a wall of water and then somebody would shoot a lightning bolt and ah, now now the monster is paralyzed. Oh, it zapped it. (laughs) Oh no. It was so boring. She's not exaggerating too. They would sit there after throwing an attack and be like, oh, well, this yokai is ground type. So I, you know, my water won't be as effective here and I got to throw in the lightning to get it. Yeah, they would sit there and externally dialogue about their fight. It's terrible. You know what else was boring in the show? What? The intro animation that was two minutes long. It, yes, this was a crazy long intro. I could not believe how long it was. Yeah, Verve doesn't have the like Netflix skip intro kind of thing. <laughs> if only, if only. So we would sit there when the next episode started and minutes later would be like is it still the intro (laughs) and the intro like sequence animations were not dissimilar from those fights you just talked about it would literally be like a kind of silhouette of one of the characters and they'd have a sword out and they would slowly go through a a motion as they practice their sword swing Mm -hmm. and the music is dramatic in the background and then it would fade off into a different character doing another pose Yeah, and the music didn't really seem to go with it because the music is very upbeat for the intro. And then the outro was totally different. It was very slow, lots of pastels used. The music throughout the show is a mess. There there was different stuff going on all the time. There was only one part, music-wise, that I wanted to point out. I think it was in episode four. But I can't remember for sure. And it had, it was during this kind of like, I guess it was supposed to be a dramatic moment. I can't remember if it was like emotion filled or not. 
the music was great. It had this very almost almost kind of traditional Japanese sound to it. It was really beautiful and it was kind of like spooky and like haunting a little bit. And I really loved it. And I was so sad that for the rest of the show, up until that point, it had just been nothing. Completely boring, totally forgettable. And the only thing that stood out about the intro and outro is that they didn't seem to match the tone of the show either. So the intro made it seem like it would maybe be like a weird kind of maybe a comedy sort of thing. And then the outro made it seem like it was definitely a drama. And then in the middle of the show, the actual show, there was nothing going on. But this one little one little blip was nice. So I wanted to point that out. Yeah, it's a shame when there's always like one thing you want to latch on to. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of your general thoughts about this show? Again, uh, kind of limited thoughts. Um, I think I've talked about any of the kind of major blaring issues throughout some of our other segments. If I could summarize, it would be that it's just pretty boring overall. They don't do any one thing extremely well, and the premise isn't a great one to latch on to. So you just kind of end up with a boring story with kind of bland characters. And like I said, their motivations don't really line up. And then you get kind of a formulaic bouncing between this yokai traditional Japanese deity fighting thing and this slice of life where they like go to school and cook and do chores and stuff. And since neither of those particular things are done well or with any interesting kind of background to them, uh, nothing that I could really find intriguing that I wanted to keep watching. Yeah, those are almost my thoughts exactly. It's really challenging to talk about a show that doesn't really do much of anything. You know, when when we have a really good show, there's things that we can latch on to and gush over and when we have a bad show, there's lots of things for us to make fun of. But with shows like this, it, it, it doesn't really do much of anything. It's, it's not this horrible, awful, you know, point and laugh sort of thing. And it's not great either. And so something I was thinking about was that this is going to pretty quickly fade from my memory. You know, there's shows that I can think of that we've watched that were really bad, and they stick with me because of how bad they are. And sometimes that's intentional, and they're good for a good laugh. But this this doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's just this sort of bland, I don't even want to call it vanilla, because at least, you know, van- vanilla is likable. It's just this kind of nothing. And so there it is, and there it'll go. I was so excited for the fox, too. I know you were. (laughs) So with all that said, would you watch any more of this? No, thank you. There was not one thing that I could point to and say, well, I want to see it for that. Not even to point and say, like, I just want to see how terrible this will end, you know, and have a good laugh about it. It's, it just, it exists. That's what it does. Yeah, I I would agree with all that. I'm going to say no as well. Not really curious what happens from here, and (laughs) I pretty much fell asleep during the beginning, so. (laughs) 
you almost fell asleep recording this podcast. I did. It's <laughs> not going great right here. <laughs> All right. Well, before Colin actually falls asleep, I'm going to close out the show. If you want to learn more about us, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links for that on our website. Thanks so much to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide and for the random button, which produces these wonderful and wonderfully boring results. If you want to follow along with us each week, you'll find the link to the current title on our website and social media, so you can watch what we're watching. Thanks also to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for our show. You can find those on his Bandcamp or on other major streaming services. If you've been keeping up lately, you'll know that uh, we announced our first ever live show is coming up. It's on Memorial Day weekend at Anime CTX, which is here in Austin, Texas. Uh, Badges are available for that now, so you can start putting it on your calendar and get ready to see Anime Monday live. Yeah. You can find that at AnimeCTX.com, and it's May 24th through the 26th. All right. I want you to believe in the role, Colin. Believe in it. We need to uh, summon our family's deity to (laughs) assist me in the role. Okay. Three, two, one. All right. Our anime for the week is Saki. (laughs) And the first episode is called Encounter. I don't know what to make of this. Well... Uh, this is a show about Mahjong. I can get behind that. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's a very exciting game. Or at least this episode. I don't know if the whole show is. Let's hope so. Would that count as a sports anime? It might. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Which we learned from Magical Girl Ore is kind of. <laughs> Did you read my note? No. That's exactly what I wrote. You're reading it word for word, word well, what I wrote. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Which we know from our discussion on Magical Girl Ore uh, some time ago now uh, is commonly used as a, a male pronoun. And like a hyper sort of male right, pronoun. A, a masculine sort yeah. of. Sorry. You read it word for word. I did not read your notes. Uh Mm Uh-huh.